It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Oh, and yes! Touchdown! Did he get it? Hey, what's up, everybody? Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. A weekend of some highs and some lows. Certainly a nice win for the Utah State Aggies in Week 0. Kind of a rough week for Region 11 high school football. Yeah, it's been a rough season. There's been uh, some key guys with some injuries, and if if I saw something correctly... Ridgeline just may have lost one of its key offensive players this weekend. Um, and we know that uh, Green Canyon lost one of their top wide receiver targets. They lost a couple. Yeah. Kind of a rough, rough 2022 season for Region 11. So we'll go through the wins and losses, and there were more losses than there were wins, sadly. Um, the, the, how'd the Mountain West do uh, overall as a conference? This weekend, there were several teams involved in Week Zero games, and uh, run through that, uh, and continue to get your reactions uh, to what happened with Utah State on Saturday against UConn in the home and season opener for the Aggies. Four three five three three nine zero three two one to chime in and discuss what you saw and how you think things played out for USU. We'll get into Utah State versus Alabama as the week goes on. Nick Saban held a press conference today. He had some things to say about USU. And you know Blake Anderson had several things to say about Alabama. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that as the week goes on. But um, mostly today focusing on what happened last week before we start looking ahead. Um, 9315 texting in. I thought the offensive line, uh, offensive lineman did great at keeping Bonner safe. Um None of this run for your life cliche. Yeah. Do you want to say two nine four seven? Uh, he did ask. He said, "I'd be interested to hear each of your predictions for Utah State's or the, the Aggies' record this year, and who you think we will lose to." Which we have actually done. We yeah. So that. maybe you, maybe you missed our uh, episode last Thursday. Was it Thursday or Wednesday last week? Um, I was th- our prediction show. I think it was Wednesday. I think you're right. I think it was Wednesday. Yes. yes. You can find it on our podcast. But basically, both Jason and I think uh, predicted an 8-4 and four season yeah. for so, the Aggies. And we only differed on one game. Yeah, just flip-flopped. Yeah, basically, yeah, basically a couple games where we were flip-flopping who we thought. Well, I guess it's technically two. Yeah. Right. So. You had one, the Aggies winning. I had the Aggies losing that game. And the next game, it was totally the opposite. So, yeah. You can check out Wednesday in about... Halfway through the show, I want to say, we we start going through those in depth. Yeah. So, <laughs> both of us predicting an 8-4 and four season so far for USU. Uh, but if you want to g- give your predictions, continue to love to hear them, especially after you've seen this team now. Yeah, now we can make – we can still get away with some season-long predictions because we haven't seen, like, half of it. Um, I don't think this game changes my prediction too much because uh, I think you can justify some of the poor play 
and still think that Utah State will do all right if by like the end of the UNLV game there's still some really bad things going on. Maybe I'll reconsider, but overall, still liking uh, where I have my prediction. Zero three six six Bonner seven years of college football and he still slides head first. <laughs> Got to check that spelling. Uh, zero three six six. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna read it like it sh- should be said. <laughs> like it, like it should have been. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, nine three one five had a different spelling also, but oh, did he? Not the same one, but anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah but- Bonner. Bonner's got to get his got to get his feet down. Uh, got it slide. Don't most of these guys play baseball in high school? He like quarterback played especially? a lot of high, he played a lot of baseball. Like, come on, I can do a slide. Granted, some of that is from me playing goalie, um, but I could do a slide. I know it's not that hard. How to much slide. of it though is he maybe protecting his legs and his knees? It doesn't hurt your but knee. But if to you slide go ahead like first, that. you're still you can get hit. You're prone. You can guys can hit you if you slide. They're supposed to lay off. It's it's easy to slide. It's not hard. And just tuck and slide. It's, it's, it does not require much athleticism to slide. I know it hurts on turf. It sucks. I've done it. I probably still have pellets of rubber in my leg from like five years ago playing <laughs> on turf. But you can do it. I promise, Logan Bonner, you can slide on turf. <laughs> you will survive. Uh, now, this was his first game action since the bowl game. Now, we did see him a little bit in the scrimmages, limited action from him. Uh, he's had a, you know, quite a recovery from a knee surgery uh, after getting injured in the L.A. Bowl. And uh, you know, Coach Anderson was asked to assess how Logan Bonner looked in his first game back since his injury. Well, three touchdowns and, and pretty high completion percentage. Hadn't got hit a few times and got back up, even though I think he was, it was a little shaky a couple times. First time he's been hit since the bowl game. He's been a red jersey all fall camp. I, I thought he, there's a couple throws he'd like to have back. I think we threw it 29 times. He was 20 or 21 of 29. Should have probably been 25 of 29. So uh, critical in the fact that he missed a few, but the fact that he played in the short amount of time that he's had to rehab and played at the level that he did uh, and a couple of the throws he made were lights out, phenomenal throws. The, the touchdown throw to Kyle Van Leeuwen, we turned the defensive tackle completely loose. He's in his face when he gets rid of it. The throw, he set on his back foot to throw the touchdown pass to Cobb in the corner, knowing he's going to get hit, knowing pressure's coming. Uh, the, the throw to uh, McGriff in the corner, I mean, you can't ask much better. So I'm pleased. I think he's only going to get more and more comfortable now that he's been – Bumped and bruised a couple times. Uh, Going to get get better as we go. This this week will be its challenge in itself, obviously. But big picture, pleased that we had him this early, and pleased that he played that well. Yeah, so that's uh, something to consider. Uh, Logan Bonner met with the media today, and um, I'm not going to play his full media availability. You can listen to it on our podcast feed. But uh, basically, he said this is the most challenging thing he's done in his life, coming back from this injury. And he's, he's come back from injuries before. He's had a number of them, a broken foot, a broken hand. Uh, but this knee injury, it's been a long process and painful process for him to rehab and come back. In fact, he was doing rehab before he came on and met with the media today. 
So he's, here's a guy who continues to get back to uh, to the healthy. I'm going to put that air quotes healthy status. He's healthy enough to play. Um, we saw he he scrambled a little bit. He's not the fastest guy out there, but I wonder if if that leg was even a little bit more healthy. If he he probably could have gained even more yards scrambling last week against UConn than what he did. But guy still can stand in the pocket and sling it. Yeah, well, the biggest key when you know recovering from injury like that is because there's a lot of accuracy issues that I, that can actually begin with the legs um, and your footwork. If you have the bad footwork and if you're not trusting your leg and it leads to bad footwork, then there's accuracy problems. And Bonner's had accuracy problems in the past. He almost impulsively throws it high on passes over the middle, still kind of does that. Um, so he can't really afford too many more accuracy issues. You know, a guy who's, I think, a career 59% completion percentage. So he needs to, you know, have all the confidence in all of his parts to, you know, be able to throw accurate passes and not have his mechanics thrown off because he doesn't trust his knee. Yeah. No, because if you're not, you don't have the strength to have that stable footwork and position your body right, you're not going to get as much velocity on your throws, which can be, you know, recipe for disaster and getting picked off. But he didn't. He didn't get picked off. Yeah, which is a little rare. He had like 12 interceptions last year, almost one per game. And uh, yeah, pretty solid game for Logan. And his coach said, you know, he was pretty good. Probably could have been a couple of throws that he would have liked back uh, that he probably could have made that um, were there to be caught, just got dropped. That was a thing we heard earlier. There were a few too many dropped passes. But uh, solid performance by his quarterback coming back from an injury. Yeah, really great. I didn't feel like there were any truly bad passes. There were some that weren't great. Some were dropped. There were two late in the first half. There were miscommunication throws. So, I mean, when, when Anderson says it could have been like 25 of 29, that's not too much of an overstatement. No, no. Uh, a couple more texts, uh, 4474. Aggies will only win two games. They will upset Alabama, get big heads, and proceed to lose out. <laughs> That's a bold <laughs> prediction. They'll they'll beat Alabama, but in the process, everyone will get injured. Not like career-ending debilitating injuries, Come but like now. the kind that makes them miss the rest of the season, and then they have to call in a bunch of like intramural football players, and they lose the rest of the year. Do not do not speak it into existence. Four four seven four. If that happens, I don't think too many people would be that upset about it. <laughs> Going. Two and ten, but beating Alabama. One of those wins was it against the number one team in America they, in their house. They're probably a number of Aggie fans that would take that season. It'd be the most glorious two and ten season ever. <laughs> and they'd be like, We beat Bama. We went two and ten, but we beat Bama. That's right. Five three three eight. No interceptions for Bonner. That's a real plus. Yeah, solid, you know, solid performance. Um I, I thought his decision making was pretty solid. Uh, 20 of 29, as we said, several of those uh, those incompletions were not really on him. A couple of those. 281 yards, three touchdowns, no no interceptions. Yeah, usually he has two or three, uh, I call them turnover-worthy passes. That's what PFF calls them. They're just interceptable passes. Didn't have any that I can think of. There wasn't a single pass that maybe could have been or should have been intercepted that I can remember. So, I want to get your opinion on the Levi Williams coming in. I sent we, a tweet about that. <laughs> Some of you may have seen what I said. 
in so real time. It was like watching him in practices and the scrimmages. The thought was, okay, here's a guy who in certain situations can help Utah State keep a drive alive, throw off a defense, has the ability to scramble, but also throw the ball. Not the most accurate passer, but we can get the ball out. He comes in, he scrambles, and then it's a fourth down, fourth and short. Opportunity to throw the ball. Guy's wide open, and he just airmailed it. It was... I mean, there was definitely a lot of speculation, some from us on this show and others online, that Levi may be brought in situationally. Call it a change of pace quarterback, if you want to call it that. And they did it. Part of that, I think, was the conservative game plan. Like, that's another thing that went off in my head. like, oh, yeah, they don't want to throw the ball, so they brought in Levi Williams on a, like, it was like third and six. Designed run, gets to a fourth and one, drew up what was actually a really good call for that fourth and one. I believe it was, I think they were throwing to a tight end. Yeah. It was either Sturz or Buchanan. And, yeah, he just overthrew him. Just like a pass that I could have completed because there was only like 10 yards between them. And, yeah, he just throws it right over his pass. And it was like, and I, my tweet at the time was, that's why you leave your starting quarterback in. They got way too cute in an attempt to avoid actually playing the game of football against UConn. Like, that's kind of what got me annoyed about that, is that it didn't feel like it was necessary. Because why don't you save that kind of stuff, you know, that kind of trick plays? They ran, if you count Levi Williams coming in, they basically ran two trick plays. Right, yeah, the double pass. Yeah, the, the double pass. Like, why don't you save those kind of things? If you're trying not to put things on film, don't do those. So, like, save the Levi Williams stuff. Don't let them know that you might do that. But, I don't know, it, it just didn't make sense under any circumstance to have Levi Williams in for that. Just run one of your third and five plays. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> 9315 says, Levi's <laughs> pass was not that great for a short pass. If, they, if the guy could have caught it, could go for many yards. Yao Ming couldn't have caught that pass. That's how bad it was <laughs> over his head. 5879, I wanted to see Lagaw. Yeah. Well, I think Lagaw is the true backup. Levi's the kind of change of pace guy. Cause, Situational. Yeah, because Levi's the guy who can run the best. He's Andrew Peasley, um, basically. Except maybe not as good a thrower as Andrew Peasley. Well, did you see Peasley's line? <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Maybe I should say that. I did see his season opener line. with Wyoming. It was not very good. Oh. The home of Josh Allen. Oh. The quarterback guru. Oh, it was it was not good. See the stuff that he's that they've put up about how like, you know, this is where Josh Allen came and so we're good at quarterback. So quarterbacks come to Wyoming cuz we'll make you into Josh Allen. Yeah, uh, no, that's just not true. Except that's that, just not the not been the case. Except the thing is, Josh Allen wasn't that good at Wyoming. He completed like 57% of his passes. It was when he actually had competent coaching that he became well, a good quarterback. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but Peasley was 5 of 20 for only 30 yards. Threw an interception. Ran the ball eight times for 76 yards. Well, yeah, he can do that. That's the one thing One of those was a 37-yarder. Should he just be a running back at this point? Because he's such a good runner. He should be a wide receiver or tight end. Can he end. catch the ball, though? Well, I don't know. I mean, he has more of a body of a wide receiver than a than a running back. Yeah. But he's so much better as a runner. So, 
Wyoming lost, by the way, 38-6. to six. Yeah. Uh, The other teams in the Mountain West Conference who played in their uh, in Week 0, UNLV, big win over Idaho State. The Bengals just up the road, but that game was in Las Vegas, 52-21. to 21. And more, Big win for UNLV. Yeah, good their start for them. Quarterback got recognized as the Offensive Player of the Week. 356 yards and four touchdowns, 20 of 25. Excuse me, 21 of 25 throwing. That's a good start. Pretty good, solid. Uh, as we mentioned, Illinois beat Wyoming. Nevada beating New Mexico State 23-12. to We kind of took a late interception to seal that game for Nevada. So, okay, it's a win, but not really an impressive win. The game was uh, at New Mexico State, and it was the first game for their new head coach. So, okay. Yeah, I was, I was watching some of that game, and it was – I kind of actually turned it off because Nevada was starting to dominate, and it looks like New Mexico State came back after I decided to go to sleep. Didn't want to watch Week Zero Nevada against New Mexico State anymore. Uh, and then the later one, Vanderbilt goes to Hawaii and just beats up on the uh, on the Bows, sixty-three to ten. Ooh, it's a rough night for Hawaii and Timmy Chang's first yeah. first uh, game as a head coach. It's not like Nebraska's weekend though. Oh man. All about that on the radio this morning. Surprise onside kick. Which, of course, if you don't get the surprise onside kick, you're an idiot. But if you're the Saints and you get it, it's an iconic Super Bowl moment. Yeah. But that's, so, that's how it goes. So many close losses yeah, for Scott just, Frost. That's rough. That guy went from one of the top guys in college football to at least the most desirable coaches, felt like, to uh, not well regarded anymore. Uh, no. No. Uh, the the seat is uh, hot, very hot. Yeah, I, he's not going to be sitting there much <laughs> longer. Coach Frost. Uh, so that quick that was a quick rundown of the uh, Mountain West schools that were in action. We're going to take a timeout, and uh, before we get back into USU, uh, run through what happened in Region Eleven. We'll go through high school football scoreboard. What happened uh, this last week? What the current standings are there, uh, and uh, continue to get the reactions from the coach and and, uh, and you as well. From what you saw on Saturday from Utah State, 435-339-0321. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Imagine your wedding day. Elegant, simple, yet stunning, stress-free. It's your day. It's all about you. Whether you're looking for small and simple or have a grander idea, the Riverwoods Conference Center will accommodate your every need. Choose the inside ballroom elegance or outside along the natural decor of the beautiful Logan River. A Riverwoods event planner will work personally with you to make sure your event is exactly how you've envisioned it. The Riverwoods Conference Center, where your happily ever after begins. Google Riverwoods Conference Center or call 75 we would like to welcome Prodigy Brewing to the heart of Logan. Cash Valley's first and only brew pub with family-friendly dining. With an upscale twist on classic brew pub fare and ingredients sourced as local as possible, they are thrilled to be part of the heart of Cash Valley. Bring the family and try their wood-fired pizza or their mouth-watering signature burger. Located on beautiful Center Street, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pizza, burgers, and brews. Mmm. 
tasty. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer, we'd love to have you open a new account with us, or even talk with us about a loan for your farm or business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally. Now open in Preston. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Grantham Mobile Automotive Repair is on the go, ready to get your car repair tackled quickly. Locally owned and operated, Grantham Mobile Automotive will come to you. Give them a call, 435-229-4345. You've got an automobile issue that you're stuck. Give him a call. He may be able to help you, 435-229-4345. Week 3 for Region 11. Uh, week week one for some of the Idaho schools this past weekend. And uh, high school football started actually on Thursday with the doubleheader up in uh, um, on Merlin Olson Field in the Rocky Mountain kickoff with South Severe and Preston in game number one, Logan versus Bonneville in game number two. Late night there for you, Jason. But, yeah, it uh, was. Uh, you got to see really both games. Uh, first game as you were getting ready for your broadcast, then watching the Logan and Bonneville game play out. Um, what did you see out of uh, Preston first and then uh, get to Logan? I didn't get to pay too much attention to Preston, unfortunately, because I was still working through all the technical stuff. But they got down um, in the first half, and they actually made a pretty good comeback uh, toward the end of the first half. I think nearly had a chance to take the lead. I'm trying to remember the details, but then they ended up, I think, just falling behind South Severe, ended up winning that game. So, good game overall. I can't remember what the final score was. It was like 30, 31-21. Yeah, that's about what I was thinking. Um, so, good game. Um, just not a great second half from Preston, because I think they were at like 14 at the end of the first half. And then South Severe was like 17, I think. So, they they made it really close, but then just let – Severe, who I think is from Utah. <laughs> They're in Idaho school, aren't they? <laughs> no. Um, and then uh, the later game, Logan and Bonneville. Logan with some uh, some opportunistic plays on defense. Early yeah, on. yeah. They made some. They made some good plays. Um, like they, it felt kind of like the Utah State UConn game, where like Bonneville had some big runs early on, but then they just never scored, and. Logan ended up struggling on offense in a lot of ways, but they ended up getting 14 points in a a weird way. They did not score two touchdowns. 
they scored a touchdown, a two-point conversion, and two field goals. So it was a weird way to get to 14. Yeah. Um, but they did just enough on offense to secure themselves the win there. And then a very about as complete a uh, you know defensive game as you want. Uh, Bonneville was not a passing team. They were basically another triple option team, though they ran their stuff out of the shotgun, which was one of the weirdest things to see is the triple option being run out of the shotgun. Because mm. it, it looks different because basically they put one of their guys in motion and then they run like a toss sweep. Um, well, toss sweep's one of the options. The other option is to hand off to a running back. Basically, they have a they have a tight end or whatever that position is in the you know kind of the wing offense where it's the tight end. He motions. You can either toss it to him, hand off to the running back with the quarterback, and pull it. Obviously, so it, it looked weird seeing it out of the shotgun as opposed to last week Juan Diego or the way that Navy and Air Force run it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. Which it worked. It worked for them. Sort of. Sort of. I said it didn't work. They never got into the end zone. Was yeah, it? but they, they did get a decent amount of rushing yards and a decent amount of big plays. But Logan did a good job at bending a little bit but not breaking ultimately. So Logan is 2-1 and one yep. on the year. Uh, Preston is 0-2. for 0-2 so right now to start their season. Uh, and then on Friday, several games in action. Uh, Green Canyon made the trip down to Park City. Park City has been on a tear to start the year, uh, and that showed. Uh, Green Canyon has struggled find their offense, only managed six points in the 30-6 to loss. Um, they're 0-3 to start the year. Uh, Skyview is the one uh, real home team this weekend and uh, just dominated by a really good uh, rugby team who was state champions up in Idaho, played really tough last year. Uh, but uh, Skyview at 1-2 and two to start the year. Um Box Elder and Mountain Crest. Box Elder's been scoring a lot of points this year. Mountain Crest held them below what they had been averaging, but Mountain Crest couldn't find the end zone themselves for yeah. their first loss of the year. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, to start with Green Cane, I mean, Green Cane has 19 points the entire season now. They are on the struggle bus offensively. They just cannot get anything going. Uh, Ridgeline's kind of turned their offense around a little bit, though. I mean, if you mentioned there's an injury, that could uh, shake things up because Ridgeline went from scoring the one touchdown on a 90-plus yard play in the first game to a little over 20 points in their next two games. So they they may be turning it around. I mentioned Mountain Crest. Yeah, I, I, I was going to see if they could hold up against Box Elder's defense. I guess it was more the offense should have been concerned about, which I think that was one of my things. I talked about is that Mountain Crest offense hasn't been super good, even though the defense has been good, which, you know, Box Elder was averaging like 40 points a game in in the two games before this one. So to hold them to 27, not bad, but you got to score points to win. Right. Um, and as far as Skyview, I was, you know, they do play a really tough team in Rigby, but Skyview's also one and two now. And after week one, when some of the other teams were losing and losing badly in some cases, I was thinking, Okay, Skyview may be like the one Region 11 team that kind of lives up to some of the preseason expectations that, that we put on them because we both had them second, mm-hmm. with Green Canyon kind of being the one we put at the top because they had the most knowns about them and we felt they were going to be a little better on offense. But, again, a couple injuries for them. But now Skyview's one and two. Granted, tough opponents, I think, in all three weeks. Yeah. So, and that's one of the things with – Region 11 is it's kind of flipped what we were expecting in a lot of ways, but also difficulty of opponent 
you know, strength of schedule, I guess, being the, the cliche term, very different for some of these teams. True. Yeah, uh, um, you know, we didn't mention Bear River. They were at Highland. Uh, they kind of found themselves last week, went down to Highland, a team that was looking for its first win. A lot of points scored in that game, 46-35. to 35. Uh, Bear River able to hang with them, but defensively not quite enough to slow down Highland. Uh, but big showdown this week in the Golden Spike rivalry, one of the oldest rivalries in the state of Utah, as uh, Bear River will host Box Elder. Um, and then, as we mentioned, Ridgeline fighting some offense, going down to Snow Canyon, all the way down to Southern Utah, and winning 24-8. to But it may have come with the cost. Uh, uh, Jackson Olson, I don't know how long he's out, but it looked like he got hurt in that game, and he is a dynamic wide receiver for them. He, they moved him from quarterback to wide receiver uh, and started to work for them. They're starting like a, a sophomore, I believe, at, uh, at quarterback. And... Um, Having somebody that they could throw to made a big difference. Yeah, it, it did seem to work. They were getting more offense. I mentioned Bear River. They're the highest scoring team in 4A right now. They've got, um, I think, 82 points in three games. Uh, so maybe that Box Elder game will be interesting. Uh, Box Elder seems to have a defense, you know, shutting out Mountain Crest, although Box Elder did give up a lot of points in their first two games because they were 1-1 one one despite averaging like 40 points. So maybe Bear River and Box Elder will uh, – Light up the scoreboard. That may be a game to watch out for. That could be fun. I mean, there's history there. There's uh, familiarity there. Uh, and uh, it, it, Bear River trying to turn some things around. Yeah, they've, they've got at least one thing going with their offense. Again, strength of schedule is a concern here. And actually, one thing, because I was looking through all this, I was using Max Preps to, to kind of prep all this, and they have their kind of computer rankings, which can be iffy, this early in the season. Um, but, I mean, it has the teams basically in the order that we had them in preseason just about, like maybe a couple teams flipped. Even though Green Canyon, Ridgeline, and Bear River or uh, in Skyview and all that are like 1-2 and two or 0-3, oh like Max Preps, they're, um, they rank these guys Ridgeline, Skyview, Green Canyon, Logan, Mountain, Crest, Bear River in that order. So... They still are pretty confident because, I mean, Ridgeline, Skyview, and Green Cane have all been playing tough teams. Yes. Logan, Mountain, Crest, and Bear River have not. So. It's not, at least not to the same degree. Yeah. So we'll see once region play rolls around just how well Logan, Mountain, Crest, and Bear River will do because they have maybe some of the upper hand in record. But are they actually better? Although I was off, uh, Ridgeline is starting a freshman quarterback. Oh, so even even Nate, younger. Nate Daly is uh, is the is the quarterback under center for Ridgeline now, trying to move move personnel around to get the best players and positions to make plays. Um, but um, injuries injuries suck. I mean, it's it's injuries it seem to, they seem to be impacting the top end of this region. Wide receivers at the top of the region don't seem to be safe. No. A couple other uh, scores of note real quick. Uh, Rich is 1-1, uh, one and one, losing to Gunnison Valley 33-27. to It's a pretty competitive game there. Unfortunately, Rich uh, loses their first of the season. Westside beating up on Firth. And if I'm not mistaken, Westside and Firth played each other in the playoffs last year, if not the championship of their division. And uh, Westside making a statement in their season opener, winning 22 to nothing. Uh, Malad and uh, 
uh, losing to Lyman, Wyoming. Bear Lake in a close one, losing to North Fremont uh, in their season opener. So a couple of the scores of note from our area for high school football. Uh, taking another time out here in the Full Court Press. You had a lot more of your reactions coming through about Utah State football. We'll get those. Uh, we'll hear more from the coach, what he had to say, reacting to the game on Saturday, Utah State's home opener, season opener, against UConn. Love to get your thoughts as well. 435-339-0321. This is Ryan at My Mattress, a mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. Summer is cruising by way too fast. It's already back to school time. Soon you're going to start experiencing many special places and events that you won't forget, such as your first slide down Old Main Hill, attending Aggie football and basketball games, or a wild party at the Howe, and your first kiss on the Aggie Bowl that might just lead to that extra special moment at Jarek's Fine Jewelry, Cash Valley's engagement ring store where it's all about the romance. Just look for the bright green cars at 930 North Main Street. This is Deputy Brad Nelson with the Cash County Sheriff's Office. Schools are back in session throughout the valley, which means kids are going to be out on the roads during the morning and afternoon commutes. Law enforcement will be patrolling school zones where the speed limits are 20 miles per hour. Also, watch out for crosswalks and crossing guards. We're asking citizens to be alert while driving and help us keep kids safe. Thank you. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Coming up, we'll also reveal who won pick six. Recap the weekend that was. How close were we at predicting what might happen? Not very close, if I remember what I, <laughs> if I remember what I predicted. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, getting to your texts on our full court press text line four three five three three nine zero three two one one five three four. Injuries do suck. Time to get rid of this crappy sports turf. Yeah, it's. I've I've heard that you know turf is causes more injuries, which. I don't, it, it's tough for schools because turf is so – it's valuable in a way because it's cheap to maintain. Yeah. Um, that's why it's a lot versatile. of schools without uh, budgets have turf. That's why Utah State has turf because they can't afford natural grass. That's why BYU has natural grass because they can afford it. it, not, it not even University of Utah has natural grass, I don't no, think. No, no. But BYU does. Yeah. yeah I think Utah – Utah hasn't had natural grass for a long time. Yeah, once turf became a little more 
like affordable, I think, to install. And once you had field turf instead of AstroTurf, which was painted concrete. Yeah. Once you got field turf, a lot of people liked it because it's mostly like real grass. But but some science does seem to suggest, or just numbers seem to suggest, more injuries. Yeah, but if like you, you got the high school football team that uses it, then girls soccer, then boys soccer, then lacrosse, and then youth sports uses it. Then yeah. marching bands, marching band. Then you got practices. It just if it's natural grass at a high school setting. It gets wore out really fast. Yeah, see, I played on a natural grass field at Davis High, and by the end of the year, that thing was messed up because we didn't actually practice on that field, but <clears throat> games, there was a big old marching band, like a day-long marching band competition with like 30 marching bands marching on it. That, like the week after that happened, it was mud. Like the, the middle of the field was mud. There just wasn't grass there anymore. And it just gets so bad so fast. And none of the other sports even played on it. They wouldn't let them play on the field because it would have made it even worse. So it was basically a football-exclusive field plus the marching band competition, and it was wrecked by the end of the year. Like, not even by the end of the year. By the middle of the year, it was wrecked. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, 5879. Okay, if we're talking about UConn, USU needs to figure out how to not make the home game experience so scary. It's like we're always going to lose or barely win. Okay, those are the best games when they're close. Then they're exciting. Then you remember them. They want to keep you in your seat for the whole game. Yeah, they don't, they don't <laughs> want you. They don't want you leaving halfway through because then you don't early. buy concessions. That's right. Uh, let's see, eight nine two zero. Aggies need a vocal leader on defense, the way Rice was last year. Neves looks like the real deal and could fill that role. If we're talking vocal leader. There's a lot of vocal There's guys. a number of vocal leaders on that defense. This is a defense with personality and passion, and I love it. In spades. A.J. Carter, Byron Vons, Daniel Grishik. There's a lot of talkers on that defense. Yeah, they... I don't yeah. think they're lacking for vocal leaders. <laughs> this isn't a timid defense vocally. They, it's, it's great. I love it. Yes. As long as they keep it reined in, this is going to be one of the funnest defenses you're going to see in a while. Even if they aren't like, you know, super elite and spectacular, but they're going to be so much fun. And, and it was fun seeing Kaleo Nevis out there. It was a good big question about um, what that linebacker group would look like. Uh, he had seven tackles. A.J. Vongpachan had seven tackles. Uh, M.J. Tafisi had ten. So three of the top four tacklers for Utah State on Saturday were your linebackers. Yeah, which, again, is, is typical. That's what they're supposed to do. So yeah, it's what you want. Nine three one five. Maybe Lega is a secret key for winning at Bama. If that's what it takes, so be it. <laughs> if that's what it I takes, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some Cooper Lega on Saturday. Just saying, every time we've beat a Power Five team with Blake Anderson, we played two quarterbacks in the game. Hmm. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> five eight seven nine. What's with UConn gashing our D in the run game? So, yeah, we played a clip from Coach Anderson earlier. Um, part of it was maybe some overzealousness from Vons and Grishik trying to push up and get to the quarterback and creating some open gaps for that run game. And they had a good – a running back had good field vision. Yeah. And then the, the team struggled wrapping up and bringing a guy down. 
Yeah. Coach Anderson said there were like 16, 17 missed tackles, which, you know, you can't have. You trim that down even by half. It's a huge difference in what that running game looks like for UConn. Yeah, see, last year, PFF's missed tackle data, which, again, that, that kind of stat is a little subjective, but they had Utah State an average of like 11 last year, which they had Utah State for 11 in this game. So maybe uh, Blake's being a little harsher on his team in his film review. Because um, obviously they would have calculated that for themselves. That's Maybe something. he's including special teams too. I don't know. That that's possible. Um, but obviously, I I'd probably trust Andersons more than PFF because they got a bunch of football nerds trying to figure out what a missed tackle is. <laughs> right. That's I have to be careful with what what data I use from PFF because some of it's iffy. <laughs> um, especially their uh, whose fault it is that somebody catches a pass. That's you you worry about that some of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, one five three four. Getting back to the sports turf conversation, people think they don't have to maintain them, but it's the furthest thing from the truth. So you do have to maintain field turf, but you don't have to maintain it nearly as much as natural grass. No. That's the key. Obviously, you have to uh, ma- you know maintain all of your fields. But the level of maintenance required for field turf as opposed to natural grass, night and day. Absolute night and day. If, if it cost more to maintain field turf nobody would use it yeah this is why it's ubiquitous it's why 2a teams in arkansas have field turf for their football stadiums because it's so darn versatile and so darn cheap once you get it in there uh let's see nine three one five can we fix the long lines at concessions not fun to be missing the aggie football game that's out of our control yeah i'm sorry You've reached the wrong department. Can we transfer you to the Utah State concession? May I put you on hold? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. More more concessions options. Certainly that would be better. Better bathroom facilities in that southeast end zone. Yes, that would be better. Are there only like three bathrooms, like three sets of bathrooms in the entire stadium? No, west side, there's a bunch. Are there a bunch? Yeah. It's a lot well, better. But that new west side uh, renovation, there's... The bathroom situation is a lot better on the west side, but still unresolved on the southeast hmm. concourse. Yeah, not very but good. I know they're, they're trying to bring other like food trucks and other food vendors up there, but um, maybe know. having all the amenities better on the west side is their way of trying to get people to buy stuff. Because otherwise, like, because you know most of the people are lining up on that the east and southeast side. It's like, hey, maybe instead of buying tickets over there, buy them on. <laughs> well, part of the problem too is everything has to funnel to the south end zone for any of that stuff. Yeah. There's no options on the north. There's no real food options on either the east or the west. Everything has to funnel into one area for bathrooms, food, drink. So that that's problematic. Yeah, and they're never going to have anything on that north end until they get rid of the north end zone complex, which they're going to wait like 30 years to do anything about that because yeah. it's only like 10 years old at that's, that point. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, all right, another timeout here in the Full Court Press. More reactions from you. And from the coach as to uh, what happened on Saturday between Utah State and UConn, where the state of this football program after week one, uh, your thoughts and feelings about this team, what's changed now that you've seen game one, one game in the books, or can we, should we not try to glean too much from this game because they're playing maybe a little bit more conservative? We'll discuss that coming up on the other side. Of this timeout, 435-339-0321 if you'd like to chime in. And we'll get to that in about three and a half minutes. Uh, but Mountain West Motor, friends of the program, and they invite you in helping them drive change. 
in our community. Now, each month, Mountain West Motor selects a local nonprofit or a cause to donate funds to. So, uh, you know, if you want to help drive change, you can help those in need by visiting Mountain West Motor and uh, exploring what your next adventure with a newly customized vehicle or SUV might look like. So visit mwmotor.com or stop by their new location at 615 North Main in Logan. Cache Valley is growing. If you're new to the area or here for school, you should pick up a free copy of the Best of Northern Utah magazine. That's where you'll find the area's top businesses, voted on by our local community. Any service or product you might need, you'll find it in the Best of Northern Utah magazine. Pickup locations are throughout Cache Valley. For a location near you, visit bestofnorthernutah.com. Our local businesses are the heart of our community, so please support all of our business community by shopping local. Best of Northern Utah. You're first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. A diamond is forever and is perfect to represent your love. For those special occasions, give her a natural, one-of-a-kind diamond as unique as she is. Our exclusive brand, Need and Brilliant Diamonds, is both beautiful and affordable with quarter-carat diamonds starting at $499. We have hundreds of sparkling diamonds at our integrity price guarantee with financing available. An investment for generations to come, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. If you want to chime in, we'd love to hear from you. 435-339-0321. Chime in on the show. We've covered Region 11 high school football, Utah State, and UConn. uh, Standing up to racist behavior. We've covered a lot of different topics on the show. Uh, 435-339-0321. 9315. My thoughts are the same with Aggies with 9-plus wins this year. Okay. Yeah, see, I don't think UConn should change anyone's predictions because there wasn't anything so disastrously bad or incredibly good about it to really warrant any, any real changes. Right. I can, I can see a path to 9-3. and three. As When we did our prediction show, there were a couple of games that I wrestled with, um, and I could see them going the other way. Yeah, that's basically where all of the things where we think they're – Probably going to lose. Maybe they're close to winning. Like all those kind of close but tough games, they end up winning basically all those. But I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm not really changing my prediction after the UConn game. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change anything unless they beat Alabama. I'm not changing anything until probably after they play UNLV. That's probably the next point where I'd say, okay, something drastic has happened that has to change. And Here's what the team is really all about. Yeah, and probably not even by UNLV because, again, they're playing either really bad teams or absurdly good teams in a bye week. Like, 
it's not until I guess I think Boise or no BYU is after UNLV. BYU is like the first point where maybe I can start thinking about changing things, and that's only if they beat BYU. Because if they lose to BYU, it's like all right, that's what I predicted anyway. So let's keep going. Right. Yeah. Uh, five three three eight texting in. Don't end the show without mentioning the epic Friday for the volleyball team. I officially award a five three three eight Sports Reeducation Academy Purple Heart to Jordy Holloway plus Oakleaf Clusters for being in the line of fire, some very hard spikes from UCLA, and for being a Boise State transfer. Also, former NBA champion Sam Merrill was in the house to witness the action. That yep. was a heck of a game. It was. was Big to, win for USU Volleyball. Yeah, I was able to watch some of it. I was following along because I knew Utah State was playing number 12 UCLA in volleyball, hosting them in the Estes Center. And they come away with the win 3-1. Not even like... They beat them sort of handily. There were a couple of close sets. I think one of the sets was 29-27. So a ways into, um, you know, past the, the 25 mark, you know, where sets usually end. So great win really shows how far this volleyball team has been coming. You know, share of the Mountain West regular season title last year, predicted second this year uh, behind only Colorado State. And this win over UCLA, and they're going to play BYU, who's I believe is also ranked. They might be ranked. I don't. I can't remember if they're ranked higher or lower than UCLA is. But UCLA was number twelve. Yeah, I, don't, I can't remember if BYU. I was talking with somebody who brought to my attention that BYU was ranked. I hadn't known that yet. Um, I can't remember if BYU was ranked higher or lower. But if Utah State plays well against BYU or even beats BYU, this volleyball team could be getting ranked very easily. They're getting votes. Yeah, they're starting to get votes. They get votes in this this past this week. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. That'd be a really exciting time for Utah State volleyball, which has come a long way in a really short time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, one five three four. Um, other than the D got ran o- all over by UConn. Is that it? That's it. Oh, like I said, they got run over in the first quarter. After that, a lot less so. On average, there were still some concerning runs, some ones that I didn't like, and you don't like to. You know, UConn averaged 3.2 yards per carry last season, so you're still allowing more than their average after that first quarter. And there's also the fact that you allowed that first quarter to happen. We can't just brush it aside and say it never happened. No. So there's – and considering Utah State had problems stopping the run last year, this is a real concern, in my opinion, them stopping the run. We can't ignore this. In fact, that was one of the things that Coach Anderson today said. We've got a couple of areas to work on for this team. Uh, we can't put the ball on the ground, obviously. We ran the ball better than we did probably at any point last year against a big, big front. Those guys were built well. Um, but we, we can't put the ball on the ground. We, we've got to tackle better. I, I think we had somewhere around 15, 16 missed tackles. Several of those in the third quarter on third down situations where we could have got them off the field and – got the ball back to the offense and maybe stretched that thing out when we had it uh, to a two-score lead. Uh, th- those, those were huge. We, we, I thought we made adjustments in-game in the other areas, but balls on the ground, a couple key drops too, critical situations, third-down type situations that could have moved the ball for us offensively, a couple drops that we, we got to make some catches. So plenty to work on, but we found a way to win. Right, that's – that's kind of the ideal situation for any coach, right? Win by double digits, but no, you've got 
a lot of tape to work on, so everybody knows to stay humble. They got a lot of work to do still. Yeah. Not get too uh, too ahead of yourself. So, um, anyway, so interesting comments there from Coach Anderson. If you want to hear his entire comments from today, uh, also what uh, Logan Bonner had to say and MJ Tafisi, we have their audio on our podcast feed, also on 1069thefan.com. Uh, before we finish the show, though, Jason, we do need to get to what happened over the weekend in our efforts to predict what was going to take place in our pick six. Jason has not lost since he joined the full court press. <laughs> this is like two months, no, two and a half months. That's since June. Of not losing. So I know there's been a few here and there where we didn't have it, but yeah, it's an we had, we had pretty one incredible streak in there, here. So. Uh, so here we go, Ark. Uh, predicting what was going to happen. Passing yards by Bonner. He set the line at 240 and a half. He threw for 281 yards. Both of us took the under on yeah, that. We weren't expecting passing yards. We were expecting running yards. A lot yards. of running yards. So neither one of us got that. Sacks by Utah State. Set the line at three and a half. There were no recorded sacks. We both took the over. So <laughs> A little optimistic there. Still nothing for us, either one of us. Uh, Utah State's leading receiver. Who was it going to be? I said Brian Cobbs. You said Kyle Van Leeuwen. It was Cobbs. Seven catches for 78 yards versus Van Leeuwen. Three catches for 54. So that's one for me. Yeah. I'm on top. Um, wins by Mountain West teams in week zero. There were five teams in action. Set the line at two and a half. You took the over. I took the under. There were three teams who won. So we're even. USU rushing yards versus UConn. Set the line at 195 and a half. Uh, USU crushed that with 261 yeah, yards on the ground. You took the over, and you got that. I went under. Um, total touchdowns in the NFL from former Aggies in their final weekend of preseason. This was Darwin Thompson, Devin Tompkins, Derek Wright, and Jalen Warren. Set the line at 2.5. Nobody got a touchdown. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> expecting. I don't think yeah. any of them scored a touchdown all preseason. No, well, that's no, not Tar- true. Thompson has one, I guess. Uh, yeah, Thompson has one. Uh, Derek Wright. Does he have one? I think he had one. I think you're right. I think he has one. Uh, so the line was set at two and a half. Nobody got one. You took the under. You got that. So you win <laughs> again. Three to one. I got the tiebreaker, but it doesn't matter. Well, you've gotten multiple tiebreakers. I know. <laughs> and it didn't matter. We should move the tiebreakers up into the regular rotation. I'm the here. one who keeps picking the tiebreaker. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, I need to get a belt. I, I need to get you something special. <laughs> you got me chocolates on your vacation. I know. I know. I need to go get those. more chocolates. <laughs> From Tiradelli Square. I had to keep the tin because it's a really nice little tin. I there. know. It's kind of a fancy little tin. I thought, oh, you know, he's doing well here. i got to reward him. <laughs> Gosh darn it! If I you ever win pick, something. If you ever here. win pick six, I will get you. I'll get you something. Maybe I'll actually invite you to one of my parties. Oh. <laughs> uh, a couple more texts that came through, by the way. Um, Nine three one five. You have to give USU time to adjust to UConn in quarter number one. Yes, there was some of that. Yeah, which like was said, addressed. Once they adjusted, they won thirty-one six, basically. Yes. Four four seven four. Does Ajay's mom still plays nose guard for the Aggies, or did she use up her eligibility? <laughs> this is a joke uh, I must have missed I, somewhere. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I must have missed that one as well. Uh, but tomorrow we'll hear from uh, the, more of the coach and the players and uh, Nick Saban, what he has to say about the Aggies. We'll continue to break down USU versus Alabama. 
That's coming up on future shows. Stay tuned. We'll see you tomorrow.